These are kids that are really sick. These are kids that have had a separation from everything that's normal. Their world's been turned upside down, and yet they receive a wish and they feel like they're lucky. Uh, and I think that's a, a, a tiny miracle. This is In Good Faith, listening to first-person experiences of faith and belief. On In Good Faith, it's our privilege to hear stories and accounts from believers told in their own words. Our hope is to listen with an open heart, celebrating the power of faith and belief and what those stories mean to the ones who tell them. This is Heather Bigley, senior producer of In Good Faith, with a special bonus episode. A few weeks ago, Steve spoke with Jared Perry of the Utah chapter of the Make-A-Wish Foundation about the miracles, big and small, that he sees happening for the children who receive wishes from the organization. We loved speaking to Jared and thought you would love to hear his story, too. So here's Steve and Jared speaking about the miracles and magic of Make-A-Wish. You know, I got a call one day from uh, someone that said, hey, we'd like to chat with you about coming to work for Make-A-Wish as, as the CEO. And I actually put that call off and said, I'm really not interested. And um, they called me a second time, not long after that. And uh, I again said, I'm really not looking to, to switch jobs. And the third call was, hey, can we send you a wish story? And it, they sent me a story about a little child who, this isn't even fair that they would <laughs> right this is how this is how make a wish does it and and I really I really connected with this story because it was a child that was the same age as one of my children and this child's wish was to have their basement turned into a Chuck E cheese and we all you know we do birthday parties there for our children because for them it's a magical place for yeah. us it's a place you 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 get some pizza and you play video games and then you have the overpriced things and is what I watched on this wish is make a wish turning that basement into a place that this child could not go because of his medical condition. He was mm. isolated. And the place he wanted to go more than ever was Chuck E. Cheese. And I thought to myself, when I read that story, I spent 11 years working for two different U.S. senators, and then I was the executive director of the Hospital Foundation for a, a good while. I have never done anything in my entire life this impactful. And then I was like, how did, you know, sign me up. How do, how do I get on board? I wonder if you could tell me about a few of these children that come to mind. I think we see many miracles all the time, but we see some larger miracles too. And a wish, when it takes its form and, and has its effect, we see we see some serious change in children. There's one wish that I think I look at specifically, and I, I guess I wouldn't have understood what the miracle was at the beginning, but I could see it clearly at the end. This was a child who wished to have a Segway, and you think, Segways are, are really neat. They're really cool. Um, but I didn't understand the why behind what that wish was going to be. And the why was was this this girl had some serious mobility limitations. And so her day of going to school, it took her a great amount of work to go from locker to class and mm. locker to class. And when I heard the story of her segue and what it offered, it offered her the ability to be a normal teenager. For the first time, she was ate lunch with her peers in the cafeteria because she wasn't stressed with time to try to go from the cafeteria to her next class and be ready. So she was skipping lunch. And it wasn't a wish of just having fun on a Segway and zipping around. It was the ability to have a place in her school, an ability to connect with her peers, and to, to live a life that was different than what she was living currently. Wow. And that's something that would continue on. It wasn't a one-day event. It wasn't a one-day event. I mean, it, it changed the way she interacts and, and the way she does it. But, you know, we see these, these miracles when, it, when a family takes off on an airplane and looks over at their family and says, it's the first time I've seen all of us smile in years. Mm. You know, or had a family tell me when they landed and they, they, uh, they went on their trip, said it was the first time in a year that we didn't think about cancer. You know, that's a miracle. That's, that's what the wish is supposed to be. For someone who 
is not familiar with the work. How, how do you decide to do what you do in making these wishes come true? Who do you do it for? Yeah, these are children that have critical illnesses. So there is a medical eligibility criteria that we do have. Uh, the physicians are our number one referrals. They're the ones that are referring their patients because they understand that a wish is a necessary component of the healing process. And so physicians refer them, but, but family members can as well. And they're, uh, children from the ages of two and a half to the age of 18 qualify for a wish if they meet that medical eligibility. And these are not children that are terminal. These are children that have critical illnesses. Um, people think that, that we're a last wish organization, but we're not. We're actually a lasting wish organization because we mm. try to create life-changing experiences for these, these kids. So if this happens to your family, maybe your doctor has contacted someone and then they, the Make-A-Wish Foundation finds out about what you, your child wishes and then a whole bunch of stuff has to happen behind the scenes. And can you fill us in on what you do? Yeah, it really is supposed to be magical from the very beginning, what you would expect from Make-A-Wish, right? A child finds out that they are, they've qualified, we've reached out to them, now, and we've never turned a child down that has qualified for a wish. And so they come through and we start imagining the process of what would it be. And we, we can ask them like some, some really impactful questions. If you could go anywhere, where would you go? If you could meet anybody, who would you want to meet? If you could have anything or do anything, what, would, what does that look like? And so we really start inspiring their imagination because we want them to imagine a world outside of a hospital room. We want mm -hmm. them to imagine a world of, of possibilities and what can be. And so it really, a wish really takes flight by the voice of the child and they're limited by their imagination. And so when we tap into that, we find something that they're willing to fight for something that they can look forward to and just grasp onto a little bit of hope. And then we have a whole bunch of volunteers like here in the state of Utah, over 200 volunteers that help participate in that process. And then we have corporations and organizations and individuals that come together to help fund it and create these magical experiences along the way. I, I sometimes believe that the end, that wish, when we send them somewhere or do something, it's a byproduct of a lot of magic that has already taken place. I just picture families saying, this, this is a miracle. People will say that. It, it's, it's kind of heartwarming when you have a family saying, I, I didn't know what our story would be. Uh, I didn't know what to tell our children. I didn't know how this would turn out. But when we look back, we look at it and say, we feel fortunate. And we have wished children all the time. This is the most common statement I, I hear from them is, I feel so lucky. And these are children that shouldn't feel lucky. These are kids that are really sick. These are kids that have had a separation from everything that's normal. Their world's been turned upside down. And yet they receive a wish and they feel like they're lucky. Uh, and I think that's a, a, a tiny miracle. So people can participate by donating funds. Yes. I imagine. Or donating time. Donating time. We need both. We, we actually, it's critical that we have both of those. Wishes are, are fueled by uh, donors, but also then we've got these volunteers nationwide, whatever chapter you may be listening right now, there is a chapter of Make-A-Wish that you can go and participate. I am pretty sure that each of us could think of a miracle we could use, either for us or somebody we love, but it seems really nice to also reach out and think, I'm going to be part of making a miracle happen. Yeah. Yeah. Our mission statement is together we create life-changing experiences. And it's that together component, right? It has to be us and it has to be the community that comes together. So when one of the children wants to meet somebody, how does this work when you call somebody and say a child has asked for you? You know, I think it's a humbling experience on the other end for a celebrity that gets a phone call and says, this child could have had anything and they wish to meet me. Mm. You know, that, that's a pretty neat experience. And that's what we hear a lot from the celebrity requests that we get is I can't believe that they've requested me. They feel honored and they feel like they've got to match that opportunity in that moment as well. 
And that's why we those these wishes that we do to meet someone, it's amazing. You probably saw, you know, John Cena just broke a world record for granting the most wishes. He's the most uh, beloved <laughs> wish request that we have uh, because he understands kids are seeing him on TV. They're emulating him. They, they want to be like him and they want to meet him. And John Cena is one of those amazing volunteers and wish granters that we have out there that spends his time and his commitment to make sure that a child has an over-the-top experience. This sounds emotionally exciting, but also draining. I'm picturing lots of smiles and also lots of tears. Yeah, I I always say we see the best in people at their very worst. A few years ago, I had a board member. We had this activity where we had a bunch of wish kids. And I remember this board member coming to me and saying, hey, where are the really sick children? And I'm telling them, these children that you're interacting with are extremely sick. The reason that you're seeing them smile and you're seeing a different side of them is they're not being defined by that illness. Mm. They're defined by the wish that they're going to have. And so we receive this different response. And I would say it's much more invigorating and it's, it's much more exciting than, than probably the draining side of it. We, you know, we do have wish children that, that end up passing away and it takes its toll on our volunteers and our staff. And we mourn with families on that. But we do believe that the wish plays a critical piece of that healing process. Um, there's been um, some studies that have been done, that independent of, of Make-A-Wish, that really try to track and understand the medical impact of what a wish really has. Mm. How, do you, how do you conceptualize a wish and what it does? Not just mood improvement, but actual physical well-being. Yeah. Does it health. improve the health? Yeah, wow. absolutely. And the medical studies have shown that uh, it actually does. A, a child that receives a wish spends fewer days in the hospital fewer unplanned emergency room visits. They have an increased emotional and physical health, which is which is huge, and, and a greater sense of purpose. And so, you know, children that receive wishes, they do get better. That's not to say that, you know, the doctors don't have a huge, massive hand in that. They do. Medicine is going to cure these children. But along the way, there's, there's even some things that medicine can't provide. And how do you uplift a child and give them something to hope for that's, that's a little bit different? It's really contrary to some of the medical things that they receive because it's a positive. It's something that's, that's, uh, that's meant to complement all the terrible things that are happening to them throughout that medical journey. Wow. I have my guesses about this, but I'll just ask anyway, how does this affect you personally? Well, you know, I was a, a child who was pretty sick myself and would have qualified for a wish, but uh, I, I didn't know Make-A-Wish existed. And just last night I was talking to uh, a mom and a wish child, and he went through the same identical um, medical issues that, that I've gone through, had the same surgeries that I went through mm. and being able to talk on the other end. And I'm, I'm, you know, 30 years above where this child is at the moment. It was this cr- pretty great experience to say, you know, there are things that you can hope for and there's things you're going to accomplish. And for me, I mean, I, I guess I take it personally. I've got this personal drive because I want to make sure that every child that, re- that could qualify for a wish is going to have one and have something to hold on to that's going to be tangible and it's going to be theirs forever. And what do you do when you have a really tight timeline? We granted wishes in less than 24 hours. Oh and, my goodness. And that happens. And, and those are the really sad ones. But is what we do is, is we get together and we find a way. How, mm. do we, how do we make sure we do this wish and, and do it so it's going to be impactful for a child when it's a really, really quick turnaround? So I would say this is where the Make-A-Wish magic comes in a little bit, where <laughs> we don't know sometimes how it's going to work out. But we know that it's going to because we've got a dedicated team working and pushing. And then when people pick up the phone and it's Make-A-Wish on the other end, the first thing we always hear is, what can I do? Hmm. And if you had one wish for Make-A-Wish, what would you wish for? 
I would wish that we would have the financial resources to grant a wish in a time frame that matters for each child. Uh, because for every wish, there is the, the, the clock is ticking. There is a time frame where hope will have the maximum benefit. Mm. And being able to make sure that we get that right every single time means that we have the financial resources to do it. This gives me chills talking to you. And I'm sure that happens to everyone that you talk to and, and want to get involved in this. There are local chapters, you said 58 throughout the U.S. 58 in multiple countries as well. So if your listeners are calling from other countries, Make-A-Wish is a global brand. Mm. And then for locally here where you are, what's the website if people want to Yeah, go to utah.wish.org and find out how you can become involved. Thanks again to Jared Perry for speaking with us, and we hope you've enjoyed this bonus episode of In Good Faith. In Good Faith is committed to the idea that we all benefit from hearing people of widely varying backgrounds share their personal experience with faith and belief. In fact, we think people with such experience deserve some of our best listening. If you enjoy the show, be sure and leave a comment or review where you get your podcasts and help spread the word. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at In Good Faith Podcast and on Twitter at In Good Faith Pod. In Good Faith is a production of BYU Radio.